Welcome to the Quevedo Ministries podcast. I'm your host, Cody Quevedo. I was once an apostle for the dark side and it gave my life to Jesus. Now I'm a Christ-centered life coach and minister whose purpose is to find the lost sheep and provide discipleship. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to yet another episode here at the Quevedo Ministries podcast. So tonight we're going to be going over probably what I would consider a controversial topic. Um, and that topic being, should Christians cuss? And I'm probably going to give a little bit of my own opinion based on scripture at the end. But for now, what we're going to do is we're just going to dive into scripture and we're just going to see what the Bible has to say about cursing. So we're going to start out with Colossians 3.8. But now you yourselves are to put off these. So we're to put these things away. We're not to do them. All right. And that's essentially what he's saying is we need to put these things away. They, they don't have a place in our life anymore. But now you yourselves are to put off these things or put off all of these. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy filthy language out of the mouth. So we're going to, we're, we're starting off like right away, filthy language. And in our culture, we consider cussing to be filthy language. We consider it to be unwholesome language or foul language. Another word for that filthy is foul. So foul language, right? And we all know that in society, in this, in this culture, Cussing is considered foul language. And Paul is very clearly saying, don't let any filthy or foul language out of your mouth. We need to put that off. Ephesians 5, 3 through 7 says, But fornication and all uncleanliness and covetedness let not even be named among you as is fitting for the saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving thanks. So again, to the church in Ephesus, Paul is saying that all uncleanliness, not just our actions, but our words, should have no, should not even be named among you. Again, they shouldn't be part of us as Christians. They shouldn't be part of us as as he he says, as fitting for the saints. So as the born again believers, like we are the saints. As Christians, we are the saints. We are the light of the earth. We are the 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 salt of the earth. We're the the advocates, or not the advocates. We are the the messengers of the good news. We are supposed to. We're the disciples of of today. We're supposed to go out and make disciples. We're supposed to spread the good news. We're supposed to share the gospel with other people so that they can believe. And he's also saying neither, you know, he says all uncleanliness and also filthiness, which goes into what we just read for Colossians 3.8, filthy language or foul language, nor foolish talking. And it also go. he even takes it a step further and says, nor coarse jesting, also meaning unclean joking. So it's like dirty jokes, unclean, impure jokes. Paul is also saying that that has no place for us as Christians. And then moving on to 2 Timothy 2.16, it 
he says, but shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness. So once again, we need to shun, we need to put off, we need to get rid of profane and idle babblings. Profanity, another context in the culture today, for they will increase to more ungodliness. So think about a time whenever you were like a young kid and maybe you got your first cassette tape, your first CD, um, probably aging some of us here, but you got your first CD, your first cassette tape, or kids nowadays, you get your, you know, one of your favorite songs on your iPod. They don't, do they even have iPods anymore? I don't know. Um, on your iPhone or whatever, whatever we listen to today. And even if you don't cuss on a regular basis and you hear these songs that perpetuate in your mind over and over and over and you start singing the lyrics, what do you, what are you doing next thing you know? You're repeating the filthy languages coming off these songs. You're repeating the foul languages coming from these songs. And it, it just increases the ungodliness, right? It, 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 it corrupts our talk and as, a, as a whole. And the reason that's a problem is we're going to get to it in the last verse that I have. Um, but for now, let's look at James 4.11. Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. And that's what James is saying. So speaking evil can be like putting it into the context of like that can be putting curses, like cursing somebody, um, like an actual curse, like, you know, I'd curse you to whatever. But then also foul language. It can be slander. It can be gossip. It can be speaking away from the gospel, speaking a false gospel that doesn't bring people closer to God. But cursing, I believe, goes into that speaking evil to one another. And let's look at James 3, 5 through 12. There's a lot to unpack on this one. It says, James is saying, Look also at ships. Although they are so large and driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and great boasts and boasts great things. See how a great forest, a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire of a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind but no man can tame the tongue it is an unruly evil full of deadly poison with it we bless our god and father and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of god out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing my brethren these things ought not be so does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives and grape vine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. So there's, James said a lot here, right? We just went through seven verses. But it's worth unpacking all that. He's saying that, think about like ships, right? Like especially back then, they didn't have motors. They didn't have engines. They were... They were sailboats. They were, they were steered and powered by oars and by sails. 
and he's saying that even though these big ships are driven by these fierce winds and you know they they are so big it only takes a small rudder to steer them in the direction that the captain wants to go in and then he also says see how great a forest a little a little fire kindles so it only takes a small spark it only takes a small flame to ignite an entire forest and then he says you know that the tongue itself is a fire a world of iniquity and there are probably going to be some people that are going to use this this scripture as a as a crutch and we're just going to debunk that right now verse 8 it says but no man can can tame the tongue it is an unruly evil full of deadly poison so where that's coming from is that scripture also tells us that life and death is in the power of the tongue and what we mean by that or what scripture means by that is that think about think about you know any time that somebody's cut you down with their words think about any time you had a dream and people came up and said oh you can't do that for this this and this right so we can literally speak life into existence in terms of dreams and and edifying and building somebody up or we can speak death to dreams we can speak death to things right like even even in the faith the reality is is there's a lot of people out there that have been church hurt that have departed from the faith and where does that church hurt come from it comes from the actions and words of others and scripture tells us that on the day of judgment when we stand before god we are going to have to give an account for everything that we do and say everything And what James is trying to say is that we as people, we can't tame the tongue. Like he says, you know, we've, we've tamed all the animals. We've tamed all the creatures, the reptiles. We have tamed all of that, but we can't tame the tongue. That's not an excuse. He's not giving us an excuse to keep speaking the way that we want to speak because we, it, it makes us fit in with people. or It's a, it's a normal, quote unquote, normal part of language. What he's saying is that although we as people, we as a man can't control it, as a true born-again believer who has the Holy Ghost that lives within you, God can. The Holy Spirit can give you that conviction, can give you that wisdom, that strength to stop cursing. I'm a perfect example of that. I grew up in, in a household where like it was very common, especially for the men on my dad's side to use profanity, like it was nothing. And then when I joined the Marine Corps, it was even more so. Like it was just a normal part of, it was a normal part of speech. It was a normal part of our conversation. You couldn't have a sentence without every other word being a curse word. And that was just how we talked. And now in my walk with, with Christ, my walk with Jesus, I don't curse anymore. I don't have a desire to because it's just, it goes against the Holy Spirit that that dwells within me. I have conviction about it. If I were to slip and say a curse word, and I have in my walk, right? Like I'm not perfect. I, I make mistakes. I sin. Um, and breaking a command is sinning regardless of what the command is. So I've like, I've cussed at times and instantly 
I have this conviction of like, oh man, why'd I do that? Why'd I say that? What like what what's going on here? I don't like I I need to I need to ask for forgiveness and I need I need to repent because there's there's no place for it. As a true born again believer, there's no place for cursing in your life. And you can get to the point to where you don't do it. You need to surrender to God. Right? And and another example of what James was saying here is that there's no place for it. In verse eleven, he says, Does a fresh does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? So what he's saying is if you were to take three glasses, one has clean water, one's empty, and one has dirty water. If you were to pour the clean and dirty water into the empty cup, you wouldn't have clean and dirty water in that cup. It would just be dirty water. And then he goes on to say, can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives and a grapevine bear figs? No, a fig tree bears figs and a grapevine bears olives. That's what he's trying to say is that it can't be both ways. And then he concludes it with, thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh water. Just proving his point, right? If you were to put salt water into a freshwater pond, it would no longer be fresh water. It would be salt water. So he's saying that you can't have a mix of both. You can't, you can't give into the ways of the world and still walk as a, a Christian. Now, am I saying we have to be perfect? No, we, we're not. We're never going to be perfect, right? And, and scripture even says, Paul says that if, for if we were perfect and, and we were able to uphold the law, then Jesus died for nothing. But Jesus, didn't, but Jesus also didn't die so that we could live our lives however we want. He didn't say, like, I'm giving my life so you can live however you want. No, 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 no. He said, I'm giving my life. and as a Christian, as somebody who believes in me, you have to deny yourself. You have to pick up your cross daily and follow me. First Corinthians 11, one, I think it's 11, one, follow my example as I follow Christ's example or follow me as I follow Christ. Ephesians 4.29 let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Just another scripture of Paul saying, don't let any corrupt, any foul language, any filthy language proceed from your mouth. But only what is good and necessary for edification, for building up each other. I'm sorry, guys. Curse words are not building up. And I'm sure in culture today, actually in culture today, they've made it to a point to where cursing can be used as like terms of endearment. But it's still, but but the reality is, is that our culture still says it's foul language. Our culture still says it's filthy talk. Our culture still says it's profanity. And we've just gone over five scriptures. There's more than just this. 
And, and Jesus also says that what comes out of the, uh, I forget exactly how he says it, but he says what comes from the mouth reveals what's in the heart. So we have to be able to put that aside. And I'm sure some of you are going to be like, oh, well, I have, I have really good buddies that curse or maybe even my pastor curses. That's a carnal mindset. I'm just going to call it out. If any pastor ever listens to this, which I don't know if they will, but if any pastor ever listens to this and you're condoning foul language, you're condoning filthy talk, then I think you need to read your Bible more. I'm just going to say it. Because, because Jesus didn't die so that we could live in carnality. Jesus didn't die so that we can live however we want. That's not, that's not the reality. And if you think that's the reality, go read your Bible. I would encourage you to read your Bible, meditate on the word, and truly spend time in God's presence. Now, if, if you are saying, if you're a, a born again believer who has a Holy Ghost that lives within you, and you say you don't get conviction about cussing, then that's between you and God. And I don't know if I've already said this or not, but Jesus also tells us, like scripture tells us that in the end, when we go to stand before God in the day of judgment, we will give an account for everything that we say and do. Including the filthy talk that comes out of our mouth. Like all this cursing and using profane language, it's not a godly, it's not a godly thing. It's just not. If you think it is, again, pick up your Bible and read it. You'll find you'll find something different. It's a carnal way of living. It's a carnal mindset. There's nothing edifying about cursing. There's nothing uplifting about cursing. And the reason I'm bringing all this up is this is actually something that I feel like God has really been pressing on my heart lately. And I've been meaning to make a video about it for a while. And I have been trying to make a video about this. And this is probably like my fourth or fifth take trying to make this video. So because the reality is the enemy doesn't want me to put this out there because the, the devil, he, he wants you to believe that you can live however you want as a, as a believer, but that's not the case. Jesus even says in the gospel that at the day of judgment, people will come to him and say, Lord, Lord, which to me, as you read that implies that people who are calling Jesus Lord, they believe him. They believe in him. They, they recognize him as Lord. And he says, um, and they say, Lord, Lord, you know, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out devils in your name? Did we not heal the sick in your name? And Jesus looks at them, for I never knew you, be gone from me, you evildoers. So these are people who recognize Jesus as Lord, people who performed miracle signs and wonders in his name and still don't make it to heaven. If you don't believe me, go look it up. It's in scripture. Go to the gospel. It's in Matthew. 
Pretty sure it's in Luke. Maybe even Mark. The reality is, guys, is you can't live however you want. You can't be a a Christian and still live for the world. It literally says that when you are born of the Spirit, you become a new creation. The old you is dead. And the new you is the Christ, is Christ that lives within you. His Holy Spirit that lives within you. So if you're listening to this podcast and you feel convicted about this, honestly, good. Praise God. Conviction is not a bad thing. If you've ever heard me talk about conviction, I'll, I'll say it all the time. Conviction is a good thing. Conviction is that checks and balances from the Holy Spirit that say, hey, you're, you're veering too far this way. You're veering too far that way. You're not walking the narrow path. Because that's another thing that Jesus says. He says, um, wide and easy is the path that leads to destruction or leads to death. And narrow and difficult is the path that leads to eternal life. It's not, it's not always easy being a Christian because we have to battle against the flesh. We have to battle against our sinful natures. We have to battle against the ways of the world to the point to where we're not understood. There's going to be people that listen to this video and be like, wow, like, I don't understand what he's saying. I don't get it. You know, again, guys, Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't die so that we could live however we want, so that we could continue to live in carnality, that we could continue to feed our flesh. He said, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. And this is something we have to do every single day. And part of denying ourselves is denying our carnality. Denying fitting in with the world. And that's one of the things that I've had a very big conviction about lately is not being, not, not, not speaking the truth because I'm worried about it offending people. I'm worried about it affecting the circles that I'm in right now. And honestly, at the end of the day, I love all of you, but I don't care. I'm not going to put off the truth for your feelings. I'm not going to put off the truth because it makes it might make you uncomfortable. I'm not going to put off the truth because it may affect our friendship, our relationship in one way or another. Like honestly, I'm bold enough to to speak the truth. And everything I said tonight came from scripture. That's not me making it up. I'll put every single verse that we went over in the show notes so you can go look them up for yourself. Cuz I understand the the New King James Version, the verbiage is probably confusing to some people. Go look it up in the NLT. Go look it up in... I'm not a huge fan of the NIV for just for some of my own personal reasons of like studying I've done. Look it up in the ESV. Look it up in the Amplified, CSV, whatever it is that you use. Google it for all I care. Everything I've talked about tonight is scriptural. So I urge you, or I encourage you, to put that behind you. Be the light of the earth. Be the salt of the earth. Put away the darkness. Put away the the cursing. Put away the carnality. Start to live as a new creation in Christ. Because I believe this wholeheartedly, and I'm sure there's some people that are going to disagree with me. 
but there are a lot of Christians who claim to be saved that aren't. There's a lot of Christians who claim to believe in Jesus, but still live carnal lives. And that's why Jesus says that your mouths claim me, but your hearts are far claim me as Lord, but your hearts are far from me. And as we already talked about, the mouth reveals the trueness of the heart. So if you're constantly gossiping, if you're constantly slandering, if you're constantly speaking things of the world, then where is your heart? Is your heart on Jesus or is it in the world? And Jesus also tells us we can't serve two masters. So if this video convicts you, honestly, good, good. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Praise God. Because that is our, that conviction is our, our opportunity to learn and grow as believers to continue on this edification process. Honestly, every time you get convicted, you should send a praise. Every single time. God convicts you of something, ask for forgiveness, and then repent. Turn around. Repentance means to turn around, go in a different direction, change your mind. Be the creation that God wants us to be. Follow a, follow Jesus with all of your heart. Right, The greatest commandment is to love God with all your mind, all your soul, all your heart, and all your strength. And the greatest, the second, is to love others as you love yourself. I really hope this video brought some revelation. Actually, I know it's going to bring some revelation to some people. I know it is, and I know other people, it's probably going to offend you. And honestly, I will risk offending you to spread the truth. I will risk offending you for you to see the reality of what is the truth. Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody goes to the Father except through him. We have to follow his example. Also, another scripture is go look at Matthew 6 where it talks about, or maybe it's even Matthew 5, where Jesus talks about being careful of how you say things to other people because of being liable to judgment, the court, and the fires of hell. Jesus says if you call somebody a fool, you're liable to being thrown into the fires of hell. So, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Um, <laughs> for the sake of not rambling this is coming from a place of love guys like I love you all enough who are listening to tell you the truth to to be bold and risk the fact that this may make you uncomfortable because sometimes the truth does that but as always I love you guys. I really, really appreciate the support. So thank you for listening to the channel. As always, if you have questions, if you need anything, please feel free to reach out to me. You can go to my website, quevedoministries.com. You can submit something on there. You can email me at quevedoministries at gmail.com. Um, I'll put that in the show notes as well. I'm always here for you guys for prayer. I'm always here to have conversations about the things that I talk about. Um, 
But thank you again for supporting the channel. So as always, everybody, I love you and God bless you.